Uh, hi guys, for my uh, second episode of Berea Bites, I chose to um, I chose the topic of long-term memory, um, in particular um, episodic memory, which is where we can um, uh, you know reaccount uh, for our personal events and like memories that we've had um, that have personally affected us or that we have experienced, right? Um, but that being said, um, I guess the biggest um, question that I had is like how it affected or how did trauma affect long-term memory um based on like the readings and on the lessons um and I think for me like the 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 biggest reason why I chose this topic was because I one day want to be an uh, elementary school teacher um that's obviously like what I'm studying for here at Berea College um and so I wanted to know um I guess like how to help students um, and how to most more effectively teach students who have gone through traumatic events, especially at such a young age. Um, like already, um, even in like the small moments that I've been in classrooms, like I've been told of students who have gone through it. And obviously like in the moment, um, I didn't necessarily have the proper training for that. Um, so I just wanna learn more about um, how I can be the best educator for all students um and and so that being said um the article that i chose is titled trauma and long-term memory for childhood events um, impact matters and this was written by five um but i'm going to assume is five faculty and staff or professors um at the university of california um so the five authors are Gail Goodman, uh, Jody Claus, Deborah Goldfarb, Lauren Gonzalez, and Alejandro Gonzalez. Um, this was uh, in something called like Child Development Perspectives in this volume 13. It can be found, it was written in March of 2019. Um, and so the biggest things that this article touched on was like child abuse, neglect, uh, memory, um, and trauma, right? Um, and so the, the first thing that the that the article did is like kind of touched on uh, how they've looked at um like memory and trauma beforehand because uh this is something that isn't necessarily like touched on a lot and studied a lot um which is something that they like wrote about early on um and so they talked they, they one of the first things they talked about was like the impairment model um and that's where maltreatment causes deficits or distortions in cognitive and socio-emotional processes, as well as impairments or alterations in neurobiology and brain development, which might affect memory. And so, like, because there haven't been that many studies, um, they, every, um, there's kind of like a, the belief that, um, that it can like negatively affect your memory, um, and so. With that in mind, uh, as I started like touching and uh, like debriefing their their um research, um, they found out like kind of quickly that the greater the traumatic um, in, uh, the greater the traumatic event um experience, the more accuracy in the memory later in life. Um. So so yeah, and so like they 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 touch on how like memory is stronger for highly um highly negative emotional events. And for um, neutral or less emotional events, um, and like I guess like this this is something that um, that I thought was like 
not necessarily, I, I guess like graphic would say that like um as th this was like found more recently how like the survival relevance so like the need to escape or hide or prevent threats to survive or something that like really affects us uh child survival um also aids in that memory so like the more vivid the memory the more um the more chance that it will get rem um encoded into long-term memory um and so with that being said um they conducted um two studies right both were longitudinal studies um over the span of 20 years um for study one the participants were aged from 4 to 17 and for study two the participants were aged from 3 to 17. and for study one um the information gathered came from um the prosecution process um and police evidence so they didn't have that um they weren't in contact that much with these participants um rather they read into their cases um and so what they found out that most of these individuals remembered their victimization. So I'm talking about the 20 years after um, the initial prosecution and everything. Um, however, um, like lost memory was very uh, evident as 30% um, in this group failed to report their former abuse. Um, uh, they touched on other, other factors that I will mention, like after I mentioned both studies, but I thought, um, uh, the, that like the conclusion of that was that like being older did not mean that memory was accurate, um, and so for study two, the information uh, came from uh, the okay the information from memory um, and victims of child maltreatment, including sexual abuse, physical abuse, and neglect, as um, as well as individuals in a control group with no known history of child maltreatment, right? So for this study, um, they worked with a, um, a, a, a forensic hospital that attended to um, kids that were removed from their houses based on known um, uh, or uh, suspected uh, maltreatment. And so that, that is where the control group, uh, control group uh, came in. Uh, for the, with these uh, uh, children, it was noted that there was no um, abuse and so um that's kind of how they got their results there um so what they what, like with the results of that uh, of that study was that like both being older and having experienced sexual abuse physical abuse and or sexual and uh abuse uh, predicted greater accuracy of memory for the details um of everything um and so um so yeah i kind of for for me, I guess like one of one of the biggest takeaways off that is that like a child uh, will not lie uh, about their experiences, um, and I think for people who will work with kids one day, uh, we have to like always be in consideration or always consider that uh, we are a child's best advocate. Um, I think like a child a child in comparison to like an adult will not be believed and. But that being said, like we have to advocate for their health and safety, like always. Um, but like the, the their conclusion of the their um their study was that uh, the factors related to the child's development, um, individual differences, and in how adults are interviewed help shape the long term reports of memory. Um, but that impact also matters considerably. 
Um, for many adults, the more traumatic events and the more tra uh, traumatic its impact, um, the more accurate is their later um, memory of uh, distressing to a threatening childhood experience. So what that's us saying is that basically the greater the, the greater the trauma, the more it's going to be remembered. Um, and I guess like something that I wanted to touch on in particular with like working with kids is that um, like children who are raised in hostile and violent homes, um, and it's like the article, um, it touches on this, like these kids uh, will be more attuned to detecting uh, threat. Um, so like these children learn how to detect threat based on angry faces uh, at a younger age or how to label fearful faces faster or how to orient longer um, to anger cues as in, hey, like something's about to happen so we have to hide or, um, or hey, uh, we have to call someone for help now. Um, and so they learn these skills at a younger age. You know, it, it's like it's like a sad reality um, uh, because like, you know, I feel like a child needs security um, more than anything. Um, and it's also noted that like children who have a stable home, um, while they will eventually also learn these skills, um, they will learn them like longer in life. Um, and I think as a teacher, like a good way of identifying, um, or even like anybody who works with the kids, right? A good way of identifying how good a child's home's life is, is whether they want to share about home. Like those who do not ever um, share are more likely like avoiding to want to talk about it. Um, and so I think that is like the, the greatest, um, the biggest takeaway that I got from that article was uh, children, like they will be really honest with you um, when they talk. Uh, and it is important to believe kids, right? Um, I think, uh, taken back to what I said about being a child's advocate, um, like a, a child cannot advocate for themselves. Um, they need an adult to do that for them. Um, so that being said, that's what I feel like how, um, what I took away from it. Um, hi, oh yeah. M my question to all of you is, uh, what steps can we take as a society to help positive positively affect the reliability of a person's traumatic testimony. And by that, I mean, how can we help create a culture that believes rather than questions? I feel like um, the lesson touched on um, how uh, like long-term memory um, is susceptible to, um, you know, to change uh, because like it's considered like malleable. Um, but like, you know, based on this article and things in the chapter, like the main events of trauma um, and, you know, events of that, like that, that affects um, a lot are, will always be there, right? Like those memories will always be there. Um, so yeah, that, that, that was my question to you all. Um, I hope you all enjoy this.